Welcome to the Man Cave. It's the Man Cave Football Podcast with Dan Gasper. Heading into week 10 of this NFL season, I'm Dan Casper, and this is another episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. Appreciate you taking another listen to this episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. A reminder, if you're not subscribing, well, what are you doing? Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a single episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. We're available on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you uh, listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts or review us uh, on your favorite podcast platform as well. So every other football fan can find uh, find this podcast and uh, enjoy it just like you do. So lots to talk about in this latest uh, episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. We've got four down territory. Uh, we're going to be looking at my top five power rankings it's changed a little bit here after this past week's games and, of course, extra points. Uh, but let's get at it right away, starting with first down in four-down territory. First down. Should there be a team in London? Well, you know, there was some uh, rumblings and reports out there that maybe the Los Angeles Chargers were going to be that team in London. There were some reports out there saying that uh, the Chargers – had approached the NFL about uh, being interested in uh, being the, the first team, full, first full-time team in London. Uh, Chargers coming out just a couple days ago, and I'm not going to repeat uh, what owner Dean Spanos uh, said, but let's put it this way. They're not interested, and they uh, flat out put it out there in, pretty, in a pretty convincing fashion that they don't want to be a full-time team in London. I know this has been talked about off and on about whether the NFL is actually going to have a team uh, in London full-time. And I just, my thing is, and I get NFL wants it, and I and I think London wants it. Logistically, though, how would this work out? Because when teams go over there and play games already, they've got a bye week following that because of the travel, you're traveling overseas and all that. So if you have a team that's full-time in London... How in the world would that work? I mean, if we're all all about player safety, or if the NFL's trying to, you know, be about player safety, how would this work to where you would have to have that full time team in London travel overseas for their away games? You can't you can't schedule a bye after every game. You might be able to get away with uh, scheduling for a bye for every team that visits them. Uh, not really though, because later you know. Bye weeks don't start till mid to late mid uh, late later part of the season, so I the big thing for me is where I don't know if this would work out is like the the travel because you're not going to be able to schedule those buys like you do right now, and if this whole approach to player safety, player health is and I got to imagine the NFL is still all about that, how is that going to work with a team in London? Do they just kind of, you know, say, well, you know what, tough, it's going to be tough, but you know what, you're going to have to deal with it. Not going to have bye weeks traveling to London. Going over there for a game on Sunday, got to fly back right away, got to practice, and have another game. I just, I'm curious to see how this plan would work. And if the NFL would really make teams go over there or make that full-time team in London travel to the United States, play a game, and then fly back 
and then play a game. That's a lot of jet lag. It's a lot of travel. I mean, teams already don't like to travel across country from L.A. to New York, vice versa. Now you're going to be continually traveling from London to, to the States to go play football. I, I just I can't see this happening. I know the NFL wants it. I, I know London will love it. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it. I don't know if the players are, are going to be fans of it. I have to imagine, you know, with, with more reports, like especially with this report of uh, a team possibly interested in it, I know the Chargers downplayed it, but I have to imagine this is going to come up in the CBA, the collective bargaining, uh, uh, you know, talks. Because I just can't see the players in favor of this. I'm not in favor of it. It's it's nothing against uh, expanding the game. I just don't know how this would work logistically. And I don't know if I'd like that. Second down. Cam Newton on IR. Kyle Allen uh, going to finish out the season as the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. And now there's a, a lot of talk. Is Cam Newton done in Carolina? He's got one year left on his deal. If if the Panthers decide to move on from him, they'd be may, uh, saving a lot of money in cap space, around $19 million. And Kyle Allen's been doing a pretty dang good job, but I think we know this is Christian McCaffrey's team now. This is Christian McCaffrey's Carolina Panthers and not uh, Cam Newton's. Now, does this mean Cam Newton is done in Carolina? I I don't know. I guess uh, if I were to make my prediction, I would say yes. But I think the question here is now, is, is Cam Newton still a franchise quarterback? You know, last year it was the shoulder. This year he's dealing with a foot injury. He's a bigger quarterback, an imposing quarterback, and when he's healthy, he's a weapon in the NFL, running and throwing. I mean, it's not that long ago he's removed from an MVP season and and leading Carolina to the Super Bowl. I think the big question, Cam Newton, if he is on the open market next year, I know we talked about uh, uh, the quarterbacks potentially uh, for next year that would be available in free agency, but also in the draft. It's going to be a loaded quarterback market. If you're a team that's looking for a quarterback, you're going to have options, whether you want to draft one or have a former starter, and maybe even a, a pretty solid former starter. So Cam Newton, to me, is going to be an intriguing option out there in the market. I mean, if, if, if let's say he is going to be a free agent next year. Andy Dalton's probably going to be available as well. you got Teddy Bridgewater that's going to be available. And the way Teddy Bridgewater played for the Saints in relief, his price tag went up there a little bit too. If Cam Newton's healthy, I think he would be the number one guy available for teams, quarterback needing teams. He's going to be a starter. Cam Newton's going to be a starter if he's healthy. But the question is, is like, is he a franchise quarterback? Is he that MVP type of level quarterback? I mean, I'm going to be fascinated with him because what are teams going to pay him? I don't know if this is going to be something similar to uh, the Drew Brees and Dante Culpepper free agency. Remember that a while ago? When uh, Drew Brees was a free agent from the Chargers, Dante Culpepper, both were coming off of injuries. Dante Culpepper, the knee, Drew Brees, the shoulder. Uh, the, the the famous story, Nick Saban, when he was uh, the coach of the Dolphins, electing to go with Dante Culpepper because he uh, was a little bit more comfortable dealing with, a coming back, or dealing with a quarterback coming back from a knee injury rather than a quarterback with a shoulder injury. Well, as I think we know how that all turned out. Cam Newton's going to be interesting to follow this upcoming offseason because I don't think he's going to be back in Carolina. How much money is the team going to want to give him dealing with shoulder and foot injuries? How comfortable are they going to be with him? Is it going to be a very incentive 
heavy contract, almost set up to a year-by-year thing so they're not stuck paying a lot of money in case it doesn't work out. But yet Cam Newton, is he going to want to bet on himself too, or is he going to want a lot of money? He is going to be, between him and Teddy Bridgewater, I think are going to be maybe two of the more intriguing uh, veteran quarterbacks on the market. Maybe throw an Andy Dalton in there too. But Cam Newton, is he still a franchise quarterback? I think he still can be. He's got the physical traits. He's an imposing quarterback. But when you talk about shoulder injuries and foot injuries to a bigger quarterback like that, that is going to be a little cause for concern. But this upcoming offseason for Cam Newton, it's going to be really intriguing to watch. Third down. Third down. All right. So a couple of uh, uh, of the top teams lost this past weekend. Uh, the Patriots uh, getting their first loss at the hands of the Ravens. The Packers uh, forgetting about their game against the Chargers. Uh, and they and they got their second loss of the season. That was just a lackluster performance from the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, you, you heard Aaron Rodgers after that loss to the Chargers talk about this could be a good thing for our team. It was a, you know, a slice of humble pie. So the question I want to pose out there, is there such a thing as a good loss? I am a firm believer that there is no such thing as a good loss in in, in professional sports, top-rated college sports, nothing. I mean, there, there's no, no such thing as to me as a good loss because, well— it could a loss could affect standings. It could affect playoff appearances. I mean, there there's so many different avenues to that. So I'm not a believer that a loss can be a good thing. I am, however, a believer that a loss can be humbling and maybe set a team back on the straight and narrow. And I think that's what the Packers are hoping. But the thing is, for a loss to be a humbling experience or, or a humbling loss for a team, we won't know if that's the case until the next game. So for the Packers case, you know, there's a lot of talk about, well, was this a humbling loss? You know, were, were the Packers hearing all the talk about them and their 7-1 and one start and, you know, just how good of a team they are and their offense is clicking? You know, defense struggling a little bit, but they've got playmakers. They're getting sacks. They're getting turnovers. Did they start to hear the chatter a little bit. Okay. You got your butt kicked. You didn't even show up for the game. There was just no energy for this game. And, you know, Aaron alluded to maybe maybe a little having a little too much fun in L.A. and Cali before the game. So, I mean, a loss can be humbling. It can set a team back on the straight path. But you don't know if that loss is actually humbling until the following week. Because... If the Packers go out and lay a clunker against Carolina again, well, was that a humbling loss then? No, to me it wasn't a humbling loss. Maybe it showed some issues with that team, some problems with that team that maybe we didn't see firsthand. So I don't, we won't know if, to me at least, if this was a humbling loss for the Packers until they play Carolina. But I do think, but I don't think that there is such a good thing as as a good loss because, especially uh, in sports, when a one loss can, you know, make the difference in a lot of different areas, standings, playoff appearances, whatever have you. But they can be humbling losses. But it's up to that team, it's up to that losing team, to learn from that loss and get better from it. Fourth down. 
Fourth down. All right, let's get at it. Uh, I want to want to talk about the Chicago Bears. Uh, another loss for the Bears. More talk about is Mitch Trubisky the quarterback? Is he the guy to lead this uh, Chicago Bears team? Um, here's the thing. I don't think so. And I think the Bears are in a world of trouble right now. Not just this year, but for the foreseeable future. So rewind it a little bit. Last year, the Khalil Mack trade looks great. They get uh, they get some draft picks. You know, it didn't look that great for me for the Raiders because, you know, story was Packers tried trading for him, but the Raiders elected to take the Bears offer because they thought the Bears draft picks were going to be better than the Packers. Well, last year, Packers draft picks were better than the Bears. Bears made the playoffs. Packers didn't. This year, well, Raiders are still getting a pick from the Bears, and right now it's a top 10 pick, and it's, Packers are performing a lot better than the Chicago Bears. All right, so there's that aspect. Maybe it evened it out a little bit. But here's the thing. um, Khalil Mack got a lot of money. And the Bears were able to give him a lot of money and invest a lot of draft picks for him because they were putting all their eggs into the basket with a young quarterback on a rookie pay scale, surrounding him and and building up that team with uh, with other talent and putting money in other avenues because they were paying that quarterback cheap. You're seeing other teams do it. Kansas City, an example of that. Philly, even though Carson Wentz was hurt, won a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz, uh, hurt but still getting paid on, on his rookie scale, won it with Nick Foles. So you're seeing teams do that, kind of play that game. And Chicago did it, but it's not working out. And it doesn't look like it's going to be working out. And the reason why they're going to be hurting for the next few years is because all that money they invested in their team and all that draft capital they gave up. You can't draft a quarterback. You can't you can't go out there and try to draft a quarterback to be your future again. And with all that money invested, your cap space is going to be limited for you to be avail to to maybe go out there and sign a Cam Newton. To go sign a quarterback. To to get a proven starting quarterback if you will. So Chicago, if they if they can't figure out this offense, if they can't figure out what's going on with this team right now, not only are they going to be in trouble for this year, they're going to be in trouble for the next couple of years at least. You can't draft a quarterback in the first round. You 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 might be able to spend some money on a, on a halfway decent quarterback, maybe like an Andy Dalton or something like that. But then you're not going to be able to use that money for maybe an offensive line. Other other areas of your, of your team, they tried to get away with it by going with a first-round quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky and putting money in other, uh, other positions on that team. Look, last year, hey, it looked like it was working. It ain't working out now. Was that just a one-year wonder? Chicago better figure this thing out quick. Otherwise, they are going to be in a world of hurt for the next couple of years. And General Manager Pace and Head Coach Matt Nagy may be looking for some new jobs. Sooner rather than later. Sooner rather than later right now. All right, we've got, uh, giving you a little tease here. Uh, I've got two extra points I want to talk about. Two extra points. So you know what we're going to call it? Two-point conversion. So stick around here. Before we get to that, though, uh, we're going to do some power rankings here. Uh, So my power rankings, um, 
changing it up a little bit, obviously, with some of the losses uh, last week by uh, Patriots and, and Packers. Vikings got a loss uh, to the Chiefs as well. Uh, so it, it's changed up a little bit. And remember, with my power rankings, I only do five teams. I do my top five teams uh, for my power rankings. So let's start off with number five. I've got the Seahawks surviving a, a scare against the Buccaneers in overtime. They're my number five team. The Ravens are my number four team because of their big victory over the Patriots. Ravens and Lamar Jackson, they're looking good right now. They're looking like a tough out. And, hey, maybe that Patriots and Ravens game was actually a preview of an AFC championship game. I mean, you know, at the beginning of the season, we were thinking, okay, Patriots, easy path to the playoffs or Super Bowl again. Chiefs, if they get Patrick Mahomes back, that's going to be a tough out. Ravens are looking like a tough out right now. So this AFC and this AFC is going to look good. This AFC is going to look tough. Don't discredit the Colts either with that defense. And Jacoby Persett's, uh breathing a sigh of relief. And the Colts breathing a sigh of relief that uh, his knee injury isn't anything too major at this point. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with the Saints uh, as my three team, uh, third team in the power rankings. I still got the Patriots at number two. I, kn- I know they got a loss. They were my number one team. But they lose to a pretty dang good team in the Ravens, okay? So Patriots, number two, and my number one team, the team that's the only team undefeated right now, San Francisco 49ers. Huge game coming up, though, on Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks. This is the part of the schedule now where things get really interesting for those San Francisco 49ers. Tough part of their schedule. Seahawks a couple times. you got the Packers. you got the Saints on there. you got the Rams one more time. This is going to get fun for the for for the 49ers. So if there's anybody maybe doubting the 49ers and saying, well, look who they've played, we'll know now coming up in this part of their schedule. So my power rankings, number one, 49ers, number two, the Patriots, number three, the Saints, number four, the Ravens, and number five, the Seattle Seahawks. So at this point of the podcast, we would be doing the extra point to finish off the podcast. But you know what? We're going to go for two points. We're going to do a little two-point conversion. See what I did there? See what I did there? There's two more topics I, I, I want to get to. Um, one, you know, Pat McAfee, I, I love listening to the show. I love listening to his podcast and all that. And I thought he made a great point the other day, you know, talking about and, – and he was kind of highlighting the Packers game and Aaron Rodgers and that. And obviously that was a lackluster game by the Packers uh, and a lot of those players on there. And, you know, I think a, a little overreaction from a lot of people – this happens in the NFL. Now, we'll see how the Packers rebound, as you heard in my prior and four-down territory, with uh, is there such thing as a good loss. We'll see how the Packers respond to this. But we've got to remember that, and I'm going to kind of echo Pat McAfee here, these guys are human. It's not it's not a Madden type of world like Pat said. You know, Madden, you got your players ranked 98-99. They're probably going to play a good game every single time you play Madden. These are human beings. These are real teams. You know, some it, it's very hard for these guys, for these humans, these players to go out there and play worldly almost every single week. It, that just doesn't happen. Okay? It doesn't happen. It's not just the Packers. It's every other team. We're stuck in this Madden world, if you will. So I think when we look at these games, like, we're highlighting the Packers one because that's the that's the obvious one out there from this past week. You know, Patriots got their first loss. Ravens are a pretty dang good team, though. Chargers, they've had their issues this year. They're still a solid team, but they're not as good as the Ravens. So we're highlighting, and I just think when we, if you watch that Packers game, you could tell there was no energy and just all phases of that Packers game was awful for the Packers. 
But you do have these type of clunkers in the NFL. Every team goes through it. Every team goes through it. Every team, every team has losses like this. So I think we kind of have to just, you know what, when that happens, all right, move on from it, and let's see how your team, my team, responds to the following week. If they do it again, well, then there is maybe some issues with that team. But let's not forget that, you know what, those players that are playing on your TV screen, it's not a, it's not a video game. Real humans, and sometimes you just have bad performances. We all have bad performances, whether it's at work or we're crabby or something like that at home, and it's not getting it done. So let's remember that next time. Uh, also, for my next point, you know there was there was a report Jason Lockett for uh, CBS uh, over the weekend that uh, Mike McCarthy, former Packers head coach, uh, is getting ready for a return to the NFL next year, uh, hoping to get a head coaching uh, position. Working on he, he's watching a lot of film and you know putting together a, a, a possible staff and all that and while i think mike mccarthy will get interviews and I, I thought mike mccarthy was a really good head coach for the packers uh during his tenure obviously uh brought a super bowl championship last couple of years maybe didn't uh adjust the times in the nfl or adjust his game plan you know it got me wondering a little bit with the success that the packers are having this year and how the offense has changed a little bit with the Packers and, and the successes they're having with that. Does that hurt Mike McCarthy's stock a little bit? You know, we've been, you know, Packers fans had been clamoring for the, for the last couple of years. Hey, change something in that offense. Do something with that offense. It's getting stale. It's getting predictable. Ultimately, it led you know to poor performances from the Packers and Mike McCarthy getting fired. You get a, you bring in a new first time head coach, a guy who's only been a play caller for a couple of years, and now the Packers, who were six nine and one last season, with a loss to the to the Cardinals, and that was the tipping point, and Mike McCarthy getting fired after that game. But now the Packers are sitting at seven and two and first in the division. So. Teams that will possibly have some head coach openings, if they take a look at Mike McCarthy, does he kind of get knocked down because of the success the Packers are having this year? Because he wasn't willing to adjust his offensive game plan? You know what I'm trying to say? I think it's interesting. And I, I wonder if teams, if they were to bring Mike McCarthy in for an interview, if they would ask him, you know, well, how would you adjust? What's going to be different with your offense? from what we saw in Green Bay. Are you going to adjust it? Are you going to change anything up? What if something's not working? Are you going to adjust it or change it? Because, I mean, you look at this Packers offense, there's not really anybody different on here than what McCarthy had last year. Still got Aaron Rodgers. Still got Aaron Jones. Still got Devontae Adams. Jimmy Graham's on there. Got the uh, the offensive line. There are a couple uh, different changes on there. Still got pretty much the same receivers. So, it really, the only big difference was the play caller and the change in the offense. So, I guess I'm curious to see, does this kind of maybe hurt Mike McCarthy's chances at getting a head coaching job for some teams? I, I think he's going to get interviews, and I think he's going to have a shot to be a head coach again. But do teams look at what the Packers are doing now with the same personnel that he had last year, and for the most part the year prior for a lot of these guys, and does that hurt? his stock a little bit. Think about that for a little bit. All right, that's it for this uh, episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. 
I'm your host, Dan Casper, as always. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast so you never miss a single episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. We're available on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to rate and review us so other football fans can take a listen to the podcast, too. You can uh, send me questions. I'll answer uh, through different episodes of the podcast by tweeting at me, at Dan Casper. That's at D-A-N-K-A-S-P-E-R. Or finding me on Facebook as well, Dan Casper, Casper Sports, facebook.com slash Casper Sports. We'll take your questions in uh, throughout uh, different episodes of the podcast. But uh, we're getting ready for Week 10 of the NFL. Join me next time as we look ahead. Or we'll recap week week 10, I guess, and look ahead to week 11. I'm Dan Casper, and this is the Man Cave Football Podcast.